0: welcome to the inspired painter podcast my name is jessica libor and i am a philadelphia-based artist curator and art professor as well as artist coach in this podcast i cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists like inspiration mindset art business relationships and artist career strategy you'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom my goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged inspired and in control of your art career and to help you become the best artist that you can be hello everyone and welcome to the inspired painter podcast i am so excited to bring to you today's amazing guest amanda wood Amanda is a personal stylist, and we are going to be chatting about using your clothing choices and your style choices to further your personal brand as an artist. So um, Amanda is so kind and so lovely, and she um, has 20 years experience as a personal stylist, and she helps you find a look to elevate your style, but to stay true to yourself, so she's not one of those stylists who's going to push their style on you. She really helps you find your own self-expression. So we're going to be chatting all things style today. Um so welcome Amanda to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Of course. And um I met Amanda a couple of years ago now. Yep. I think it was like, I don't know,
1: 4 years. I know, right? It's like You know, a few years in a pandemic, no one knows how much time has gone by in reality.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Like, um, this was when I was still working at Lord & Taylor as their event planner. And um, how did we get connected? Did you attend an event?
1: Yes. Yep. I attended an event. It was... So good. So amazing. And I saw you and I was like, I need to chat with her. She looks amazing. (laughs) And I pulled you aside, introduced myself. And ever since then, we've been best buds and had a great (laughs) one-on-one and chat, but yeah, I attended a Lord and Taylor event that you put on.
0: Yes. Yes. That was
1: fun. And, um, and Amanda
0: is so kind and I was, She always looks amazing. Like, what would you say your signature style is?
1: My signature style, it goes a little bit of minimalist Parisian with a slight bit of edge, but rooted in classic.
0: Mm, I think that's a perfect description. And you wear these like suits that are so amazing. Thank you you really look like royalty when you're wearing them. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Royals are great at wearing suits, right? This is true. This is true. They are. So, um, your suits are always like amazing and you do like the whole monochrome thing. Like, well, um, I
1: feel like you can never go wrong with like monochrome. Yes. Yes. I I love it. You're totally right. It is one of my go-tos and I just love the look that it creates and it just creates a very, you know, like streamlined look. It's something a little bit different than what a lot of other people will do. And it also creates that look. That's just very tall and elevated, no matter your body type or your height. Yes, I totally
0: agree. And it's very cohesive. And Mm -hmm. I think it also really shows off like your face as well. Cause it like because everything is kind of so simple then um you know you're really drawn to the face and the hair and um so it really shows you off like a tall calla lily <laughs> well thank you <laughs> <laughs> yes um so I would love to chat with you, Amanda, about your background as a mm. personal stylist. What led you to be a personal stylist and what was your own kind of style evolution over the years? How did you get interested? And what's what's your background? Yep.
1: So I originally went for paleontology and genetics. And I what? was very, yes. <laughs> very much into the sciences and dinosaurs and I just loved everything about them and I also have been drawing ever since I was a small child. My mom is a, was I should say, uh, an art teacher for over 32 years and she has her master's in art so art was very much a part of my childhood and I would take art classes at the local museum in mm-hmm. my area and I just absolutely loved it and I found that I was very much balanced left brain and right brain and just absolutely loved the detailness of you know the left brain but love the creativity of the right brain so as I was growing through I graduated college and started real estate mm-hmm. and that is where my style like awakening began because when I was in real estate I had an open house and it didn't go as I thought it was going to go. I had popped on, I thought it was an amazing suit, but mm-hmm. I was in Maine. And so I had boots with my suit because it's Maine and it's just not as fashion forward as mm-hmm. other places. And uh, I was doing an oceanfront front property and a lovely lady walked in, looked me up and down and said, are you the broker here? And I Said yes. And she said, Is that your car outside? And I said, Yes. And she looked me up and down once more and left. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. So that was a humbling experience. And I took a look at myself, I had a chat with myself in the mirror and said, You know, Obviously, my style is having conversation with people that I'm not realizing is a conversation that I don't want them to have. And oh my goodness! Yeah, yes, awful Because you didn't even yes. say that, woman. No, nothing. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to say a word, and mm-hmm. she had formulated an opinion. I had, by answering two questions, confirmed her opinion, and mm-hmm. she left. And I lost out on, you know, possibly a really great oceanfront property sale. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I had very humbling awakening. I'm now grateful for her and that experience because she turned everything around for me. And I looked at my style, said, you know, I want my style to speak as to my qualifications, my intellect, and that I am a really great real estate agent. And so I changed up quite a few things, stayed true to myself and became a million dollar producer. Oh, wow. I had no idea that you had this
0: whole previous career.
1: Yep. Yep. And I was being taken out by my coworkers and they're asking, you know, what are you doing? Like, what happened? Like, this is amazing. And so I started having conversations with them. I started styling my coworkers. And then as I moved on through my career, I was styling my friends, my family, and my bosses. And they were getting, you know, promotions, they were getting dates, they were getting just so many compliments. And they all kept coming to me saying, you are really good at this. This is really what you should be doing and nothing at all what you are currently doing. Mm -hmm. And I agreed. And I have such passion and such love and such enjoyment, helping other people find looks that elevate them, elevate their confidence and make them feel and look amazing that I decided to make it a real thing and opened up the company and did everything, the website, the Instagram, the -hmm. TikTok, the whole everything, learned how to do SEO and backlinks and all of it and created the company right right before a pandemic. So Mm -hmm. that was perfect timing. (laughs)
0: This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. The Luminary Artist Academy is a six month, self-paced transformational course for contemporary realist feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself, who has been through the dark night of my own soul, And through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach. And I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself and I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way To guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo saying next time or I'll do it later is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way you'll likely be in the same place you are now six months from now if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows press celebrating your work and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistssalon.com. That's amazing. So you started your company right before the pandemic. And what yes. is your
1: company called? It is called The HOTE Edit. Mm-hmm. So it is, I decided not to go with my name because I would like to have it be a much bigger, more scaled company and involve masterclasses and involve teaching because I also love teaching and involve others within the company. So it's called the Haute Edit, which is the high edit. And so I see it as, you know, bringing your best, best self, best version of yourself forward and feeling very just edited, but staying true to yourself. So, Mm -hmm. yep, it's called Mm -hmm. the Haute Edit. I like haute that. couture,
0: mm-hmm. okay, like haute couture. Yep, that's beautiful. So, um, so right before the pandemic, what what was it like starting a business? Um, in when did you start it? twenty twenty
1: one? No, no, I started it in twenty nineteen. Okay. Yep, and mm-hmm. I was just having so much fun. So many ladies were so excited. I was just showing them their amazing, amazing self. And I had so many ladies that were after the wardrobe edits that I was doing with them, they were doing their entire houses and they were like, I need to edit everything now. And I am feeling so inspired and I am so excited. And I would be, Uh, helping them within each of the dressing rooms and putting all the outfits on them. And they would be seeing themselves for the first time as the person that they had wanted to be and couldn't believe that they were seeing the reflection in the mirror of that person. And I had a lot of ladies, you know, crying tears of joy and I love giving hugs. And I just was so just heart happy that they were so happy and that I was able to do that piece for them and yeah. then obviously the world shut down and <laughs> no one was going to anything and you know everybody was working from home and everybody was feeling you know very uninspired to get dressed mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. so we all learned an amazing word pivot <laughs> so mm-hmm. i pivoted all of my services to virtual services and I did a lot of work on mindset and talking about, even though we're all working from home, that still wearing, you know, I like to at that time call it business on top and loungewear on the bottom, (laughs) or, you know, just cozy on the bottom, but Mm -hmm. making sure that you still felt like working and you were still, you know, excited to do the job that you still, you know, hopefully had, but that you had enough. Um excitement and invigoration to keep going and doing your job. So mm-hmm. I worked a lot with mortgage companies and uh, different real estate companies that were um, had switched everything obviously over to virtual. and they wanted to make sure that their brokers and their employees knew that, you know, you're still representing the company. Yes, we're all working from home, but you're still representing the company. So, I loved working with them, loved working with mindset and keeping everybody, you know, happy and looking amazing on their Zoom calls and Mm -hmm. talking about great grooming and your background for your Zoom call and then different tops that you could wear, different blazers you could wear, different jewelry to draw the eye into your beautiful faces. So a lot of pivoting during that time.
0: Wow. Well, it sounds like it was very useful to people during that time as well, because I mean, it doesn't matter if we're from home, like if we're using zoom and those kinds of things, like we're still presenting ourselves to the world. So it's not that different, you
1: know? Yep. Yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So as, um, as an artist and the people who are listening to this are artists, Mm -hmm. um, so artists are known to be kind of unique in their expression of themselves. Yes. and you know, um, I've seen, you know, the full spectrum of expression for artists. Um, you know, there's like the super goth artists who are, you know, covered in tattoos and they wear all black and they have tons of piercings and they dye their hair, lots of interesting colors. And, and then we have, you know, artists who you would think that they're a business person. Um, and, it's interesting that their art is usually a reflection of that. So it's kind of like cohesive. Yes. Like they kind of like are their artwork. Um,
1: And and homes. what Would you say homes, your home decor, it it also very much in lines with, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: your choice of art, your choice of personal style and your choice of personal style within your home. They're all very cohesive.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, so I guess my question would be, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, yep. for artists in particular, um, what should they be thinking about as they are um,
1: kind of curating their own personal style? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can think about, you know, what colors you love and using a little bit of color theory. And I love doing that and using different colors to have that unspoken conversation with people and if you love um you know trustworthy is a really important um aspect of your art and of yourself that you know you could love uh, a full outfit of different tones of blue and do something very dramatic and beautiful like that and then like you were saying before, if you're more Gothic and you love the Gothic vibe, the Gothic architecture, you could do something very cool and um, do different elements of that to a certain degree, a high degree or a low degree. And I always say to um, anybody that's embarking on the style journey by themselves is to you know think about the colors think about what the colors say to people and then pop on Pinterest and look at a bunch of different styles and see what you're drawn to yourself and then take a look at your art and see what kind of unspoken conversation your art has you know is it surrealism is it impressionism is it you know traditional and what kind of conversation are you having with your art and thinking about your branding as a whole and mm-hmm. thinking if you want to be you know fully cohesive with your art and your branding or if you want to have a little bit of fun you know juxtaposition of your art and you could be you know doing wonderful impressionist art and having very you know loose lines and very just gorgeous flowy art pieces, but then you yourself like a little bit more structure in your suiting or in your style or in some of the pieces that you pop on, but you like the cohesion in that you do a lot of similar colors of your art pieces as your, you know, personal possible like capsule wardrobe is a reflection of a lot of those colors. So Mm. I just love you know, having a good chat with the client that I'm helping and, or, um, uh, letting somebody know if you want to stop, you want to start the style journey yourself, just think about colors, think about the feelings of those, and then pop on Pinterest. And that really helps you think about what you want to do for your own style.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. And When you were actually talking about the colors, um, I was thinking about actually Disney movies and Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. they place the different characters in different colors. And they actually do communicate something even without knowing anything about the character. For instance, I was thinking of Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, Belle is wearing blue and Mm -hmm. you said blue is a color of like trustworthiness. Yep. And I would say it's, would you say it's also something like um, there's a little bit of royalty to it?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Each of the colors have like multiple, you know, it means this and means this and it means this, but they all are usually very cohesive with themselves. But yes, definitely. And
0: and blue is also, blue seems to be associated with like goodness and like freshness and um, calming. like- yeah kindness it's yep. soft yeah yep. uh, well I, I suppose it depends on the different hues of blue but like i'm thinking yes. of blue um yeah it's really interesting also it's usually the color that the catholic church puts the virgin mary in yes yep. which is kind of
1: interesting as well mm-hmm. um, and yes, then it's very like calming it's very soothing mm-hmm. and you can also think about it you know very much in visual merchandising as i know you know as well is yeah. that Different stores will plan out, you know, how do we want our customers to feel while they're within the store? And you can think about, you know, the brightness and the starkness of an Apple Store, and right. that it's all about the product, and mm-hmm. it's very, very bright, it's very minimal, and they have the grounding of the wood for mm-hmm. the warmth, mm-hmm. along with the starkness of each of the, you know, different um, laptops and, and phones mm-hmm. and whatever. And then if you think about the juxtaposition of the Disney store, its Mm -hmm. clientele is usually, you know, children and it's very bright. It's very invigorating. It's very, you know, come try this, come play with this. It's very inviting for children and all different colors of the rainbow and giving that fun excitement and experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then And then to go back to, well, also um, anthropology, that's another good example of a store that really creates a mood um, through colors. They do a lot of like color stories throughout their little vignettes that they set up. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very kind of warm and inviting. It makes you feel like you're in a home. um, Um, But it's not all that different, like planning out your colors, like as a person, like what you put on you is Mm -hmm. not too different than what we do as an artist, as we, plan out what colors we're going to use in a painting because we're thinking of what do we want to communicate? Yes. These colors. Like if we're painting like an apocalyptic vision of the end, there's going to be a lot of like reds and blacks and maybe like some fiery yellows. Mm -hmm. But if we're painting like a tranquil scene where we want people to feel calm, we're going to use blues and greens and you know, something very calming. So it's very interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I'm curious, what what would you say a few of the major color families are that people can start to be thinking about? Like, what do they mean?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like you have like obviously primary, secondary, tertiary, you can do um, analogous colors and, you know, on the color wheel, just doing like literally an entire outfit of just the analogous colors that are next to each other on the color wheel. And that will give a very, tonal look and just a beautiful look or you can do complementary colors and then you could do something like a beautiful blue juxtaposed with a beautiful orange and that would be a very like color block very vibrant very engaging um color combination or you know you could do the monochrome which mm-hmm. is you know either just all literally one color or oftentimes stylists will refer to a black and white outfit as a monochrome outfit. Mm-hmm. And it's just how you're feeling that day, the different vibe you want to give off. And what I like to be, you know, in all one tonal color and pick something that's, you know, blue and calming or a vibrant yellow, mm-hmm. or, you know, something that's a little bit different. If you wanted to go with, a stark black and white outfit and you wanted to feel a little bit um, more, that usually tends to like a sophisticated look. So it all just like, I love thinking about like how, what kind of impact do I want to make today? Or like, what is yeah. my intention for the day? And like setting that intention, taking a peek at your wardrobe, thinking about your day and like what conversations you want to have, what meetings you have, what people you're meeting mm-hmm. and thinking about what kind of unspoken conversation do I want to have with them before I have that meeting. And I okay. often use color theory especially at networking events i will mm-hmm. pop on oh, a cool. red blazer mm-hmm. because well red suit and you know know that people will say oh wow it's a red suit head to toe it's something different and come chat with me or i'll pop on an entirely yellow suit so mm-hmm. that i stand out a little bit more whereas mm-hmm. some people might want to be a little bit more reserved and they might do a full black suit but mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you just think about your day, set the intention, and think about what colors you want to use to express how you're feeling that day.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Um and I would even say, okay, so why I think this is important for artists is because in today's day and age where we have so much creative control yes. as artists over our own um career and because of social media and how much creative control we have over that, like artists are so much more visible, like their personhood than ever before. And so many of like the most popular artists or the most successful artists that you find say on Instagram or that are being featured in like magazines, um, stuff like that. They, they have, they have a very cohesive look, like they become their
1: artwork. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: I'm thinking of, um, there's this artist, Mark Majori, and he's based in the Southwest. And um, it's very interesting because he's actually from France, but he just like fell in love with the American Southwest and he moved there and he like became a cowboy.
1: Oh, it's <laughs> so funny.
0: Yeah, and he's an artist and he paints these amazing things. Um, like cowboys and, um, you know, on horses, you know, with these big, huge clouds that are like sunset clouds. And it's really beautiful. Uh, but he also has all these pictures and videos of him and his family, like, uh, you know, on hor- horseback riding or, you know, he, he he's always got his cowboy hat on and he's communicating. Yeah, he is living this lifestyle. Yes. And it's part of, it's part of his art, you know? Yep. So obviously we're not all cowboys, but. (laughs) (laughs) Could be fun though. Yeah, it could be fun. Um, I think that I I was thinking about like, what would I define my style as? um, Because my artwork is very focused on like fairy tales, Mm -hmm. fairy tales and legends. And Mm -hmm. I think that my style is also, Really reflective yes. of that, mm-hmm. yeah. um I think it's kind of like a, a fairy tale goddess
1: vibe. Yeah, that, I'm yep. for, that yep. I strive for. <laughs> yep, you do. You have fully achieved. Yes, you always oh, look just you. absolutely gorgeous.
0: Yeah, thank you. So, um but I was thinking, like, it's not totally always about the colors. Colors mm-hmm. are really important, but it's also about the kinds of styles that you choose. We mm-hmm.
1: so can mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit yes very much so and that leads into um if you are for instance one of my clients is a earthreal uh photographer and she does very gorgeous earthreal like out in the forest all the time photography and oftentimes she will love doing a juxtaposition of textures So she might do something very silky and flowy, but then because she herself has a little bit of edge, she might pop a leather moto on top, Mm, but it's a gorgeous silky dress to, you know, give the unspoken communication and um, direct alignment to her photography that is very, you know, misty and in the woods and very, you know, elegant and very, you know, fairy and Faye and that whole thing. But then she has her own personal style of being a little bit more edgy. And so she pops on the leather jacket. So I love working with, you know, different textures and having a little bit of a fun juxtaposition such as that, that's not always expected. And you can do, you know, like a gorgeous cashmere sweater to give that softness and that like coziness vibe and that, um, communication of I'm very approachable and I am easygoing, but Mm -hmm. then you can juxtapose it. Uh, I only use a little bit of edge again, you know, with some great leather pants Mm -hmm. and have that, you know, coziness, but that, you know, edginess and, chicness down on bottom or you could do a gorgeous cotton dress that is just flowy and beautiful but then if you want a little bit of structure you know pop a more structured blazer on that might be in the same uh same cotton but it's the juxtaposition of the beautiful lightness of the flowy dress and then the structure of the blazer. Mm-hmm. And it's a great styling tip, especially with editorial styling. You see a lot of this play on different you know textures and different juxtaposition of um, contrasting styles of very flowy with very structured and mm-hmm. it's just gorgeous. It makes a very, you know interesting statement.
0: Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like artists um or really anyone should um but specifically talking about artists because we we don't have to be at like a job every day at yep. least at least if you're doing art full time, you don't have to like show up to an office. There's no dress code. So a right. lot of artists, yep. they just make up their own dress code. Yep. So um sounds like something helpful that artists can do is think of what the, what do they want to be known for? Yes, exactly? Want? their art to be known for, and then um, how can their personal style reflect that? Exactly. It it communicates who they are and what their art is about without them even having to say much.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And I always say to start with three words, and this Mm. is something that I ask every single client of mine is what three words do you want someone to think the minute that they meet you, what do you want to pop into their head, the minute that they meet you. Mm. And you can start with that thinking about those three words, and then looking up what colors reflect those Mm. three words, and then thinking about you know, that Pinterest board again and looking at the different styles, looking at your artwork and seeing where all the cohesiveness can come from that and staying obviously true to yourself and true to your personal style and possibly tweaking a little bit of it to get that full rounded, very much you and the cohesiveness of you and your brand and your artwork.
0: Oh, I love that so much. I think that's so true. And I just want to give a personal example because I've done this for my own style. And I feel like my colors, there's like four colors that I feel like truly myself when I really wear them. And that is like a light blue, like a periwinkle blue. yep, yep. a lavender white. And then I would say gold, but I don't um, I don't know. I mean, I've never worn like gold lamé head to toe, but I do a lot of gold accents typically. Yep. And I, it really helps me feel that like goddess vibe.
1: Yep. So, yep. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. And I have looked up like what those colors mean and like lavender means, or lavender can mean spirituality, mm-hmm. creativity, mm-hmm. um, and growth, which I identify with all those things. Yep. Um, white, obviously everybody knows, um, it's kind of like a pure color, obviously. Yep. So uh, I like to think of it as like really fresh, and it also makes me think of historically in like the the French um, styles when they uh, when they started wearing like the all white, which was actually started by Marie Antoinette. Mm-hmm. Um, those all white uh, dresses, which were like so light and flowy, I'm just obsessed with that style.
1: Yep. Yep. Um,
0: Yeah. So, and then the gold really to me is like that kind of, it makes me think of like ancient Greece where they would just wear all these like gold medallions and it has this also historical aspect to it, which I love. So
1: I don't know. It just makes me
0: feel like more myself when I get dressed up like that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of like when I'm working with a client, when I can see that expression of Mm -hmm. them really feeling the outfit and really feeling themselves true to themselves, seeing themselves as that person that they have wanted to be and are excited to be. And I can, I can visually see it. I can see all of my clients, you know, they stand up taller, they literally glow, they literally twinkle. And that's when I know, (laughs) yes, like we have found it. Like They are seeing themselves and they are so excited that the reflection that is coming back at them. And I just love hearing my clients say, like, I finally see the person that I've been trying to achieve, trying to create, trying to get to, and I finally see them in the mirror and I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. And we're definitely going to give all of your contact info in the show notes. So if people want to book like a virtual consultation with you, they definitely can. Um, but I would love to also just touch on historical influences because, um, we have like the texture, we have the color, but then there's also like the style and the cut, Mm -hmm. which there's so many, I feel like we're really lucky these days because I feel like anything can kind of go, Yep. Uh, and we have this amazing au revoir of historical style to choose from, and that can be incorporated into our daily wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say even a lot of stylists working today have so much historical influence from just so many different periods of history. So maybe we could talk about like how to figure out what you might be drawn to historically and incorporate that into your style.
1: Yeah. Um it kind of touches upon something that I was asked when I was doing a speaking engagement for a lovely ladies group mm. and they were going over a cap going over my capsule wardrobe and asking if these pieces would stand the test of time mm. and i pulled out a trench and i mm. said well this is you know created in the 1800s yeah. So this is something that is obviously going to be around for quite a bit. And it was first created by Macintosh and that was his last name. I apologize. I'm not sure of his first name and it was, uh, created out of a plasticky type fabric for the war. And mm-hmm. it first off for, um, water replant and then later transitioned into a war trench coat. Um, but then Burberry came around right after that and created wool gabardine and elevated it and changed it up. So that mm-hmm. is a piece of a historical, yeah. you know, um, coat that's never, ever going to go out of style and has been around for forever. And mm-hmm. then you also have the Breton stripes, the striped shirt or the striped sweater. And that has 21 stripes for Napoleon's 21 uh, I believe it's either victories or armies because I don't know no as idea. many victories as that. But that's <laughs> where the Breton stripe came from. And then it transitioned over to the French army, mm-hmm. excuse me, French navy. And, you know, it's obviously very Parisian and very stands the test of time. And then you have the pea coat that was created, you know, again for military. And that's something that I find that's, you know, sad to me, but that they do stand the test of time is a lot of pieces that are still around today and just continuously, you know, stay with a few tweaks and a few upgrades was that they were created for military purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the peacoat was for the Navy. I believe it was the French Navy again. And then um, men's men's neckties, I believe was originated from the Spanish army, that they wore Mm -hmm. a red brilliant neck scarf. And then uh, you mentioned Marie Antoinette. She was annoyed that the pocket square and the handkerchief were different sizes. And she just wanted one size for one and one size for the other. Mm -hmm. And she was the one that made that happen. And so I think that as you're thinking about your style and you're thinking about your artwork, you can, you know, think about the time period that you might gravitate to for your art and say, you know, is there a time period I'm just naturally gravitating to? And then is there a certain, you know, style that goes along with it or are there aspects of that time period that I can incorporate into my style? Mm -hmm. Um, Say somebody really likes uh, doing like industrial type scenes and very you know gritty artwork and gritty scenes that they might be drawn to like steampunk yeah. and you know aspects of that and incorporating you know a head to toe or just bits of it but just thinking about is there a time period that I naturally gravitate to that is reflective in my art and can I incorporate that into my personal style and with the colors and what's you know best for me mm-hmm.
0: I love that that's so great thinking about like what what historical art time period has yep. affected my art and then can I also look at that style and incorporate some of those styles into your art um yep. I'm looking at um, I don't know if you've ever seen like Pride and Prejudice or any of those kind of movies. Um, I just I love that style. Yep. And I mean if I could dress head to toe like that every day I probably would but I know I I I'm not in like a cosplay world here so <laughs> I have to um I have to like just incorporate some elements mm-hmm. and um I've really started to like the uh the empire waist. Yep. And I actually sew a lot of my own clothes. Um so I've started using a lot of linens.
1: Yep. So I love that.
0: Yeah, I'll order these like really amazing, really thick, textural linens from Etsy, and then I'll create these pieces um, because it's hard to find exactly what you want yes. sometimes.
1: Very much so. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's like I'll have this vision of what I want, and then I'll be like, I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And, um, and then I'll just have to make it. But not everybody sews. But I think a lot of my audience that listen to this actually mm-hmm. does sew. Um,
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And, and I also, I also, um, I I'll sometimes I'll have, uh, I'll have trouble finding a, uh, pattern that works as well. And what I'll do is I'll combine patterns, maybe mm-hmm. like for the top and then for like the skirt, um, there'll be like different patterns that I just like combine. Um, but there's definitely creative ways to tweak, tweak different patterns to make sure that you get the exact style you want. So, um, Yeah. If anybody has any um, questions about that, you can send me a tape,
1: but yeah, very much. So I love that. I mean, you just make it work, you know, Mm -hmm. take the best, like there's like, there's no fashion rules. Like there's like old rules, they're gone. There's no fashion rules and just make it work for you. Make the clothing work for you Mm -hmm. and just being creative and adding the pieces together to get that look that you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, I just, I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's wonderful. So I thought that we would end today's session by um, talking about maybe some basics that people should do no matter what style they have. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. So I love the traditional basics of, you know, having a great pair of jeans that you absolutely love, having a great skirt that can go for so many different occasions and it can be pencil, it can be meaty length, it can be maxi length and making it work for you and making it work for your body type. I love a crisp white button down shirt that you can, you know, have flowy and open or tie, or you can do it like an off shoulder. And it's just a great piece that can be dressed up or dressed down. And then for me, I usually do suggest a blazer and that is just something that you can throw on, dress up, dress down, a look. And then for something that's a little bit more creative, a little bit more flowy is an unstructured blazer that's very untraditional, but gives you that kind of um, dress up, dress down aspect to your uh, outfit but without the same structure. So you can definitely, you know, take the basics that you should have in your wardrobe and make them work for you and make them work best for you. And then I guess the last one would be, of course, the little black dress. <laughs> that is something that, you know, everybody, usually would have in the wardrobe in some iteration to just be able to pop on and grab for so many different Mm -hmm. occasions. And I love that, um, you know, Coco Chanel created it in response to Christian Dior in the 1920s because he was doing very frilly and very colorful and the world loved that but Coco Chanel had you know the different mindset of I want to bring in jersey knit and I want to bring it in a color that people don't expect and she obviously in 1926 revolutionized the world with her Vogue cover Mm -hmm. and so that is definitely a piece that, in some iteration, works great in a wardrobe.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I I love all of that. I love Dior. I also love Chanel. I worked for Dior for many years, so I am a nice. little towards nice. Dior. But um, yep. but yeah, I love both of those. I love a Chanel
1: story too. She's like yes. an inspiring woman. Such inspiring. So many, so many things came from her that we don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like m- pants. Very yeah. much so originated from her uh, shoulder bag, handbags originated from her um, perfume that was not completely natural. She was the first person to use some artificial, you know. However, people feel about that good, bad, or indifferent. She was the first to use artificial scent within her perfume, and obviously, the number five one was the mm-hmm. one that she liked the best, and you know, just so many things that she started. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then what about hygiene? Could we just touch on hygiene for a sec?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was a little bit of a curve.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I don't know, like, I feel like, so I went to art school mm-hmm. and um, hygiene was, did not seem to be like on the top of the list um, for a lot of artists, yep. actually. So um, like they would, they would have like amazing outfits, but, um, but like the hygiene wasn't like there. So maybe we could just talk about the importance of hygiene.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. You know, that's, that's another thing that's going to have an unspoken conversation with whoever (laughs) you're chatting with (laughs) very much. So yeah. Um, Yeah. The whole, you know, my art is my life and a starving artist, and I throw everything into my artwork. And, you know, I haven't slept in days. I haven't, you know, eaten in <laughs> days. And I, I'm creating my masterpiece. And, you know, especially artists that have a show coming up and they have to, you know, very much get every piece done for the showing and whatnot. But you kind of have to think of it, you know, would I love to interact with somebody that didn't have great hygiene? Mm -hmm. How would I personally feel if somebody was having a chat with me and they hadn't, you know, paid much attention to their hygiene. Would that be respectful to me? Would that be disrespectful for me? And how would I personally feel in that sense? And then just having, you know, a bit of hygiene, a bit of light grooming just goes for your overall look and your overall, again, unspoken conversation you're having with somebody and just that last touch of having, you know, your artwork, is the showpiece you are your artwork quite often and Mm -hmm. the cohesive branding and just having you know some attention to hygiene great hygiene is just that last bit that last check mark of the whole entire package of you as an artist presenting your best self and your best artwork and your artwork that's true to you in the best you know best light best manner
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with you. And I would say, um, because I also curate exhibitions. And so Mm -hmm. um, when I meet artists um, and I meet somebody who like doesn't pay much attention to their hygiene, it makes me feel like something is wrong in their life and that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, they're not going to deliver on their promises. They're sloppy. They're not going to um, show up when they say they can because they can't shower. You know what I mean? Right, right. so it it does speak, and that may be a total, totally the wrong thing, um, but it it does kind of tie into how people perceive you. Yes. Um, so if you want to be a successful artist, then portray the fact that you have your life together, and part yep. of a part of that is just like good grooming, no matter what yep. you wear. Yep. Um, so just like showering every day, like brushing your teeth, like all those basic things, yep. um, it helps the people that you work with. To have greater trust in you because they see that you're taking care of yourself at the most basic
1: level, you know? Exactly, exactly. And they see that you respect yourself. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's that unspokenness of I respect myself, I respect you, I respect this conversation, I respect the fact that, you know, you are having me in this art show, in this gallery, and I'm so, you know, grateful and excited for more, because, you know, you want to always continue the relationship and mm-hmm. having great grooming, great hygiene, along with your whole package of you and your art is just, you know, it's going to yeah sky's the limit.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, and it really does, I think it does come down to consideration too, because um, a lot of artists have the idea of like, well, I don't care yep. and all that matters should be my art. But exactly. as somebody who curates shows, Actually, all that matters is not just your art. A big yeah. part of success as an artist is, can you show up on time? Do you deliver what you say that you will? Are you polite? Do I want to mm-hmm. work with you again? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and good hygiene, you know, it's your, it helps. It just helps present the image that you are somebody who's professional and that exactly. you can deal with. So yep.
1: um,
0: yeah, just like any other industry really. So Yeah. Um, exactly. I just wanted to touch on that. Because...
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank you so much, Amanda. So where can people find you if they want to work with you or want to check out what you're doing in your, um,
1: in your uh, personal stylist offerings? Sure, sure. I am on Instagram at the haute edit and that's just the and then H-A-U-T-E and then another E-D-I-T. So the hoted, hotedit.com on Instagram and the Edit is the website as well. And I'm not so much on Facebook. So if you do want to get in touch with me, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. I will definitely get back to you at that point, but thank you so much, Jess. this was so amazing and you're such a yeah. beautiful, wonderful person. And Aww. I appreciate the time to chat with your audience.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. Wonderful. Well, I will talk to you soon and have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the inspired painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.